I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. Fifth and last NRL podcast a day late. Unfortunately, our apologies. Uh, I got held up at work yesterday. Unfortunately, as we've said many times before, this is not a full time job for us, so things do happen, but we're here and uh, we're getting it done. But round three, Brock, what do you reckon? Uh, it was good. Round four? Oh, round four. <laughs> I'm on fire. Yeah. I'm a day late. You're a day late and, and I can't and a round late. Um, look, my highlight, we're going to jump into the fast five, but. Uh, my highlight was obviously the Knights turning it on for Alex McKinnon. It's been a, a tough week for a lot of people involved in the game. Um, you know, you've heard opinions from you know every man and their dog about the, the Alex McKinnon situation and, and who's to blame and uh, the mechanics of the tackle and the, you know the different ins and outs of it. But I thought the most important part of the round and part of the week was how the Knights came out and played for him and boy did they put on a show. Mm. Well mine's just the continuing upsets. Usually every year you're lucky to get one around at best and you you look at that and you're surprised but the first four rounds if you're a bookie you're probably pulling your hair out. The amount of upsets there's been is absolutely ridiculous. Well my biggest regret of the ground is uh, of the round is not backing the Knights. Mine, two, 275 to win 13 plus. I should have been all over that. Oh, mine wasn't that. Um, mine's not backing Canberra. Yeah. I just had a feeling they've been pretty good the first few weeks, even though they were a bit blunt the week before, but they've been high completion rates, they've been playing really well. They're the ones that I, I looked at and thought, wow, I wish I got a I think board. I think they're going to win a lot of games early, and I did say that in the season preview. I just don't know whether they're going to be able to match it once the whips get cracking. Um, but at the moment, they're, they're doing a pretty good job. Um, but Stewart's teams often do this. They start fast and they're fit and... Uh, they fall away at the back end of the year. So time will tell on that one. I, I also, from a personal standpoint, I thought the Titans were tough on Monday night. I thought they uh, it was one of their more impressive wins. Um, they've had some really unimpressive losses, and uh, or the one in particular, but the, the two other wins they had were very unimpressive. This one I was pretty happy with. It was a, it was a tough win. I thought they defended well, um, and the Cowboys had plenty to play for. Well, what about your low light? Just the amount of video referee referrals. I'm sick of it. I am absolutely sick of it. Um, you know, I totally agree with what Trent Robinson said on uh, on Friday night in the the fallout of their loss to the Seagulls. You know, I, I don't know whether uh, the the referees influenced the result. I think Manly um, won fair and square. I think they were tougher on the night. The Roosters are still a little bit clunky, but what Robinson basically said was there's differences in interpretation between even the two refs that are on one particular game. Um, how you fix that, I'm not really sure. I guess you've got to try and partner up the referees on a consistent basis, but then once one of them has a, has a shocker, they tend to split them up. So, uh, but, but I agree with him, and it's just getting frustrating, really frustrating to see. You know, there, was, there was an instance in the Monday night game where you know, the referee looked to his assistant, yes, 
It's touch judge, yes. Other touch judge, yes. But still went to the video referee. I just... It's because of the that's why. Yeah, but they're second-guessing themselves, and it's happening in all the games. And all this stuff about, oh, we're, we're quickening the game up, and it's just there's a three- or four-minute gap between the play mm-hmm. whenever whenever a, a video referee decision goes up there. It's it's uh, contradicting what we're trying to do to the game, I guess I'm, I'm trying to say, and it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, well, my low lights, the forfeited comments, which then led to the termination. Uh, if, anything, if anything, it's a highlight for me that the Bulldogs did what they did uh, yeah. considering what he said but on his point of view how the hell could you make such comments when you signed for $850,000 you, you, as if you're not going to cop some slack mm. you're leaving a club that's only picked you up for the last two years you've exploded I completely 100% agree when people like Paul Gallen or that are going we made you You, a club can pick you up but at the end of the day it's up to a player in the NRL and everybody knows that to bring yourself up to the best you can be there's no one that can make you play yeah. to the best of your ability besides you so I don't believe the Sharks made him but the fact he's complaining about backlash... Mm. I'll tell you what's funny. You just signed for close to a million dollars. You're going to get crap. That's yeah. the way sports work. That's the way anything works. When you're on top, people are going to take a shot at you. If you can't cop it, don't play. Mm. Well, that's it. He's now realising that, you know, to to get paid elite money, you've got to take the uh, the flack and, the, you know, the media attention that goes with it. But what was funny to me is now everyone's coming out and saying, oh, good, they were paying overs for him anyway. I thought, well, no one was willing to say that when the contract was signed. Mm. I mean, I said it. I know there was a few few people in the media who sort of said, look, it's a lot of money um, to be paying uh, Andrew Fafita. And I think the, the Bulldogs have, have got out of jail on this one. There's talk that they're going to go to legal action. Well, legal action um, based on uh, the fact that there was a, a, a contract of mutual understanding or something like that that was signed by both parties and then they couldn't come to the agreement when it came to signing the actual playing contract. Um, there could be more on that one, but for me, I, I think the Bulldogs will, have done really well to get out of it, and they've protected their brand. I mean, there's few clubs um, in the NRL that uh, would have done that. I, I think there'd be probably maybe half the clubs would have done that, half the clubs probably wouldn't have because they're just desperate to keep onto a mar- uh, keep hold of a marquee player. So, why not the Bulldogs for sticking up for their, their culture and what they believe in? Mm. Well, we've got another... They don't need, they don't of... need him in they don't need him there if that's his attitude. Well, all I know is I feel worried for the Tigers because immediately the thought was they've been talking about an elite fullback. They've got money to go for an elite fullback mm. right now. Well, so. I can't see James Tedesco leaving the Tigers. I, I think he owes, he owes the Tigers to stay. Well, the word was they were offering him about half a million to the stay Tigers for did. the next three years. They reckon they're trying to push that deal over the line. But I'm telling you, regardless of what the money is, you'd want to get the deal done now. Because if the Bulldogs do make a decision, they've got well, plenty of money. Even if they get the deal done now, it's round 13 is a cut-off for contracts. So yeah, that's exactly. Similar to but I mean, there's, there's somebody there right now with money who can up that. And yeah. you know, you'd, I know all the talk about Brooks and this and that and Tigers and the ACL. At the end of the day, if they sat down that kind of money for him, I very highly doubt he's going to knock back almost double the amount or close to double the amount. Would you pay that much for Tedesco? Well, Christ, the way the market's going right now, they're talk, I, I, there's talk I've that got to be honest, Canberra are going to pay 900000 to Anthony Milford so he doesn't go to the Broncos. I know they're in a different a situation for the fact that to him, he's probably uh, to them, he's probably worth a million because they've got nobody there and they can't attract anybody. Yeah, That's the other side of it. But for the, the Tigers, I think it's critical they keep Tedesco. For the Bulldogs, with the side they've got, I'd be happy to pay a little bit of overs to bring James Tedesco at this mm-hmm. point in time. Yeah. He's got plenty of upside left. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I just don't know. It's a, it's a lot of money well, for someone for who's had his injuries and. Oh, he had one injury, but he's, yeah, he looks I mean, pretty he's, sharp he's right played now. Two or three good games this year, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, what happens. well, best of the round. Who do you reckon? Uh, Milford. Um, I thought he was he was really really impressive. Uh, he, he really controlling their attack. 
Uh, Nathan Peets, he was great. And I thought Joey Leilua in the Knightsman mm. was, well, was super. I had Leilua, Peets, and the other one for me was Harold. I yeah, don't know he's what, been good the last two weeks. I don't know what the deal is with Matty and him or if it's a bad relationship. They said he needed to lose weight. He has lost weight. He's 10 or 15. Yeah, but I also think he needs to be more consistent. In the last oh, two he weeks, he's been great. But for no offence, I've said this a million times, uh, for everyone that loves Jerome Party, he's not a first grader anymore. He hasn't been a first grader for some time. So how he's playing over him the last few weeks, and then they put Hurrell on for half a game. The bloke scores three tries. He set that well. Set up three for the fish. He had one at half-time there that was out of absolute nothing where he flipped the game on its head. Mm. I, I reckon the Warriors have virtually him to thank for a lot of uh, that win on Sunday. Yeah. He was influential in turning that game around. But uh, what about your worst? Uh, just the Sharks. The, the Sharks situation is um, you know, a die one at the moment. They've got a lot of key players out. Uh, they don't have their coach there. Um, and their performances on the field are, are you know, terrible at best. Um, it was a, it was a difficult situation for them going to Newcastle with the McKinnon stuff. But you would have thought if there was a, a game where they knew they needed to be up, it was that one. And Todd Carney, I don't think he looks fit. Um, keeping Alicia out is hurting them because I don't their hookers are doing a lot. Um, and the other one is the Rabbitohs. I think they're full, fool's gold at the moment. Um, every week they they come up really short in the uh, odd market um, with the bookies and. People just keep backing them and backing them and thinking they're going to win. I really think they're fool's gold. They're, they're really struggling without Isaac Luke and they're struggling without Kiri. I think this weekend I'm, I'm sort of... I think they may bounce back this weekend because they've moved Sutton to six, um, which will give them a little bit more structure in the halves because the back row is their strength. Um, but, yeah, they're really fool's gold at the moment, Rabbitohs. I couldn't well, back them with your money, mate. Mine's just south. They're full stop. Minus everything you've said, I don't care about the differences in structure and change. Most sides can adjust. I think there's problems there, yeah. as we've spoken about at the start of the year, because they don't seem a happy, cohesive unit. Adam Reynolds is playing absolutely ordinary. Uh, like I said, Sutton's having to sub himself off two or three times in the back row. I know he's doing a little bit of extra defence, but for Christ's sake, like it's, it's just a mess. Maguire, I really, really hope um, you know he can get things under control there because they shouldn't be in this situation. And uh, you've hit the nail on the head. Sutton's gone back to six. Walker's gone back out the centres. I thought he would have punted Ready well, I had instead. My concerns about that, and I said that to you. He kept Ready. So Ready staying there. I, I don't agree with that. Um, and the other one, Coruscant's at nine, but he named Cameron McInnes on the bench, who was under twenties Hooker of the Year last year, and their captain. So mm. he's. Probably the opposite of Luke and Coruscant. Luke and Coruscant both get out of dummy half and have that more attack in it. He's probably your more sturdy. Yeah, but I thought uh, I thought Coruscant was good. With he was a good opportunity last week, and they they just not respecting the ball and they're piggybacking sides out of trouble. It's just rugby league suicide, mm. as our pop would say. Well, question of the week. Uh, I'll go first. Would you offer for feeder a, a deal again? Or would you try and renegotiate a few of the Sharks that lost out and now he's uh, available again? Um, me, personally, if I was the CEO of a club, would I go after him? No. But if, if I was if the, sharks, the Sharks? Yes, I would. I, well, I think... Uh, I think not, not just the fact that you're probably getting a little bit cheaper, but just for the fact that they're just in a really, really terrible situation at the moment. Well, the Sharks, was... they, they, they really need to secure some marquee players if they're going to attract anyone. Um, if there's players going the other way, walking out the door, how are you going to get them in the door? So That's pretty much the only way I was going to sum it up and make it simple as that. They've got trouble with player managers, players wanting to go there. Everyone they've even looked at so far has given them a brush. So uh, as much as the comments hurt, if I was another CEO, no way. But if I'm the Sharks, I'm doing everything I can right now. And I'm definitely going to try and save myself a little bit of money after the comments that have been made and the deal fell over. Yeah. Um, my question was around Andrew Feder as well, but I had uh, I had another one there. Was Trent Robertson right to blow up at the centre refereeing? I think 100% he was. 
Mm. I thought the referees were horrible. Uh, I heard Jared Maxwell when he was talking about the Jamie Bureau things as well, warning about onside. Don't warn him. He's a first grader. Yeah. If he's onside a couple of times, pin him until he gets the message. You can't coach people as you go. Well, I know if you was, break the was, rules, uh, you've got to blow the whistle. He was really critical of Ben Cummins, Trent Robinson, and um, I think fair enough. He's he does frustrate me at times. Cummins when he's he's refereeing games, just um, they seem to w- want to get themselves involved in the game. The referees, and I've, I know I've said much. this a lot. I your job is to to be there to facilitate the game, to make sure the game runs. It's not for you to be the centre of the game. And at the moment, I get the impression that. Um, the referees are trying too much for the for the totality of the game. I think if you if you're going to make your mark, do the Bill Harrigan had it had it right. Smash smash them in the first ten minutes. Mm. Set the game up and set the standards that you're uh, you know your non-negotiables, the things that you want um, to be done correctly. After that, the players will get a a feel for where you're at. If they're dumb enough to get penalised out of the game after that, then that's that's on their back. But at the moment, there's there's just too many 50-50 penalties. Um, too many differences in interpretation. Like, for example, I think it was the what was the game we were watching the Knights and um, Melbourne game last week, and there was a penalty early for a hand on the ball, and then the set after there was a, a hand on the ball incident. But because there's a different referee penalising, uh, you know, looking at the ruck, the penalty's not given. Mm. So it's just must be really frustrating for coaches. And we we get frustrated. I was getting frustrated in that game. I don't, I don't support either team. And, um, there's a lot of a lot of ins and outs that need to be sorted with the referees at the moment. Mm. Well, that wraps up the Fast Five, so uh, we'll jump into our reviews of the games from the weekend. All right, games from the weekend. Started off the Friday night, uh, the one we are just talking about, the Fast Five, the Sydney Roosters versus the Manly Seagulls. 8-0, a very defensive game, but... Uh, at the same time, 48 sets to 33 went the way of Manly, 11 penalties to 2. Robinson not happy at all, and to be honest, as good as Manly were, I have to give the Roosters a wrap in regards of defence because of how much they got heaped on them and everything that went against them. They only conceded one try. Yeah, but uh, I'm completely with Trent Robinson. I feel that that was a bit of a joke as far as a penalty count from watching the game. Yeah, when it's, uh, when the inter- as we just said, when the interpretations are so different, uh, it is hard to cop, but... Um, look, on the bounce back of it, I mean, obviously, there's nothing we can change now. you just got to wrap Manly. Uh, you know, they uh, it's not their fault they were getting penalties, you know. They, they can only play the game that's um, in progress out on the field. Uh, for the Roosters, as you said, you, you nailed it. You've got to give them a wrap for their defence. Um, discipline has been an issue. Um, and, the, you know, there was rumours going around that they... Uh, they're a fan of, of giving away penalties, or they'd rather give away a penalty than, than give up a try. Of course, you know, I coach that. You know, I'd rather give away a penalty than give away a try. But um, it's getting to the point now where Trent Robinson actually came out publicly and said, "Look, no, we're not happy to give away penalties. We're not happy to get caned 11-2 in the penalty count," uh, which I think is a good good step forward for him. I think it was it was really measured what he said. It wasn't really a blow up. If you listen to what he said, I thought it was um, it was well thought out, and he got his point across. Um, without really upsetting too many people. And, uh, you know, it was just another classic Roosters Manly game. I love the fact it was 8 0. A lot of people are sort of going, oh, it was a dour game, but that's the way I love them. It was, it was a cracker game. I really enjoyed it. 
It's still brutal, but uh, I'm with him. I think the refs ruined it for me. I was annoyed. Uh, I thought it was all kind of one way. I still give a rap. It was a good game, but yeah. uh, it could have been a better game if the refs just kept the noses out of it. They really I need guess to if fix you're that a fan, up. Like, like if you're a Roosters fan, you'd be upset. Well, I don't support either of them, but I still think the game is ruined. Mm. But um, the, for the Eagles, I thought in particular Steve Matawai, uh, they summed it up on Friday night. He doesn't probably get the raps he deserves. He's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foran obviously made a massive difference, and I thought probably Lawrence and Watmau were the other two. The one me. for me was um, Kieran Foran. You really saw the difference that he makes. I thought Manly really struggled the week before without him. Uh, you know, they should have lost to Parramatta. Um, mm-hmm. And then they've come out and, and put that sort of a performance together. The thing I love about him, he runs the ball. First, first option is always get the ball in your hands, look up, play what's in front of you, and, and run the ball, which holds up the defence and gives the guys on the outside more space. So uh, He was the one player that really, really stood out to me. Mm. Well, for the Roosters, they didn't have many opportunities, but when they did, uh, I thought Boyd Cordner and Frank Paul Nuasala were probably the two that stood out for me. Mm. Nuasala looked like he was uh, running like the 2010 grand final. He needs to bring that back more often. But... Yeah, they, they couldn't crack them, the Roosters, but I thought, uh, yeah, I thought they panicked in the attacking areas. Have, have 15 less sets to defend for that Yeah, but as, you know, as, a, as a team, you need to be able to apply pressure. I, I thought when they did get uh, sets down there, they didn't do a really good job of... Um, you know, of forcing repeat sets. Mm. Yeah, well, they're at Sydney Roosters. They're home against the Dogs this week at Allianz. It's a pretty important game. Both two and two, uh, both mixed bags so far. And Manly at Leichhardt, they're away to the Tigers, so that should be a pretty good game. Mm. Uh, hopefully the Tigers got everyone back on board. Not too sure about all the injuries uh, from the weekend just yet. But the other Friday night game was a very good game as well. Uh, it was the Broncos versus St. George. St. George suffered their first loss, 36-20. to 20. I think the easiest way to sum this up is Brisbane's attack's just been slowly and slowly you know, improving along with their defence, which was obviously outstanding the first few weeks. And on the flip side of things, uh, St George were founded on their line. I thought their goal line defence really let them down. I, I thought that was really the only thing that separated them this game. Yeah, I, I sort of said before the game on, on last week's podcast that this was the big test for the Dragons. I thought they'd sort of got away with playing sides who were either out of form or who were going to be in the bottom four of the table. Uh, they came up a little bit short, but they, they played. And uh, the best thing for me was they, they got down early, but they fought back. Uh, they didn't sort of go away from their structures too much, which was good. Brisbane just looks strong, strong and fast. Um, and they're only going to improve, especially uh, with Ben Hunt obviously taking on more responsibility because they're, they're struggling to find a halves partner for him. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good game, entertaining game. There were a lot of points scored. Yeah, well, the Hoffman thing for me is not working, but Hunt's definitely thriving uh, now that he's been given a permanent role in the seven. I know it's only four games in, but that, that's got to make you feel better. Justin Hodges comes back for them this week as well. What, but um, What did worry me was how soft the Dragons were in the middle at stages. Oh, just defensively. the line. The Todd Larry try was soft. The mm-hmm. Friday Borough over was soft. You, you can score as many points as you want, but if you can't defend them, it's not going to help you out in the long run. Yes, and a couple definitely. of crash-overs, you see the difference early on when Frisell almost crashed over. There was five Broncos under that tackle. So, yeah. um, For them, though, probably the most thing that's hit me the first few weeks is Widop and Beal's connection. Gerard Beal and uh, Gareth Widop really have a little bit of a synergy going on that left-hand edge, and that they set up a few cracker tries. But yeah, Beal's playing well, but yeah, he's definitely been helped by, by Widop, that's for sure. Oh, you need someone good to give the ball to, too, to set up the last pass. But again, he's Beal, similar Beal's to Forum, um, Widop, in the fact that he, he'll run the ball, and he'll hold up those defenders, and he plays square, which a lot of halves don't do. Mm. Especially five eights. Well, there's some brilliant foot in this game, like Farrell's chip. Uh, you know, there was Gillette's grubber at the start. I thought the ad lib try the Broncos got near the end with the hands, and 
there was also the counter-attack try that the Dragons had that was 90 metres in two plays, which was very measured. So mm-hmm. overall, good game. But for St. George, goal line defence, that was the number one thing for me. It was just way too soft. You can't concede tries like they did. Well, that was the uh, the issue coming probably out of their preces. And I know Steve Price made the comment three or four times in the media that that was an area, especially in the charity shield, that was exposed and that they needed to work on. So mm-hmm. now that they've played a tough team, it's obviously uh, still an issue for them. They're going to have to improve that if they're going to beat especially even this week they've got South this week who've got a big forward pack and you know with South Sydney's form they're going to look to probably play fairly simple so you think they're going to come with the Dragons straight down the guts mm. well pretty regular people here Hunt and McCulloch I thought were solid Gillette, Thido, Parker all those forwards yeah. uh, St George the wingers have been killing it for them Beal as well in good form and uh, Merrin and Cray as well as the halves have been pretty solid but Michael Witt back in this week for them I thought that was a bit of a strange move Yeah, uh, and Sammy Williams has struggled but I, he hasn't really impressed me in the, the two games that he got so. I, I would have had Quinlan there, a lot of them have spoke about it and I agree, I think Quinlan's a very yeah. good player but for some reason he's been uh, flushed for Dugan who's also back but as you said, they're playing Souths this week. That should be a cracker. Hopefully, Souths find uh, something to play for. Well, the Broncos, the Broncos Eels game will be a cracker as well. You have to say the Broncos both good um, have been the best team through the first four weeks. They should not have lost to the, the Roosters. They did. It was a tremendous performance by the Roosters. They could easily be the only undefeated team in the comp. Mm, they could be, but they've got the Eels this week at home. Uh, I think Parramatta have been unlucky not to be three and one themselves. So yes, I think they besides are, the Roosters, yep. result, I think the Manly result should have went their way, but. Of course, uh, yeah, it will be a really good game. And uh, traditionally, I think the Eels have got the wood on on Brisbane. Up they there. do, yeah. So do. that'll be interesting. We'll make it um, a really good game up there. Mm. Well, the Saturday game uh, started off pretty wild, and then just all one way. It was the New Zealand Warriors winning forty-two to eighteen over the Tigers. It was twelve near early, but uh, a bit like you saw the week before with South after they strolled over for that try against the Tigers. They took Inglis out. Uh, Tedesco got taken out after twenty minutes here, and. The game just flipped. Um, you know, Rapati went off with a broken jaw and Hurrell come on and that just seemed to spark the Warriors. Um, that right edge, Tompkins and Hurrell kept combining. Johnson was getting an early ball there. They somehow got back to 14-12 at half-time with that wicked try on half-time. Robbie Farrell would be banging his head on the desk this week watching the video of not getting rid of that football. And, uh, yeah, the second half was just all one-way traffic. There was a dodgy call for a try for Manu Vaduvai, but just not cleaning the ball up in the end goal even. There was a couple of messy tries they handed over. And the rest of it was just horrible terrorising the right edge. And Fisher, he was the beneficiary of that. He got four tries. Mm, I know Robbie Farrow had a bit of a, uh, a whinge about the referees after this one. I thought uh, the referees didn't have a major effect on this one. There were obviously a couple of dodgy calls. They were try call, but... Yeah, apart from that, I, uh, the Varduve uh, obviously drop uh, was clearly a... a, a crap decision. I think it's just uh, highlighted two weeks in a row how important fullbacks are, though. But, I mean, Robbie Farrow's got to look at his own performance because on half-time, he basically gave, gifted the Warriors a try. Mm. So, I mean, there's there's two sides to every story. I thought the Tigers had their chances. They needed to score more points early. Uh, they didn't. The Warriors clicked. Uh, the Warriors love being down 12-0 so they can chase. They sort of play that free-flowing football, and it suits them. I think the sooner that Matty Elliott can find that balance that they seem to find towards the back end of last year between obviously playing structured and then opening it up, the better they're going to be for it because at the moment they look better when they're not playing his structured footy. Yeah, well, they shouldn't be. You should be giving them a more basic game plan. They've got the, the, the team to be able to bash you out of a game and offload and just work off the back of some real basics. They shouldn't be playing with a lot of structure. But I think they're starting to click. They're playing better, obviously, than they did the first two rounds. Mm. Well, Harrell back in's a big up for me. Fischier is looking better and better. Uh, Lilliman again. Bakuya was good. And for the Tigers, it was just same old, same old. I thought Woods, Farrah, besides his couple of errors there, he's loving these new rules, getting out of dummy half. I've mm. never seen him leave uh, dummy half so much. And 
Marty Tapao is probably the other one, but the biggest thing I took out of this, same as I said the week before, they got south today. Greg Inglis, they looked lost, and then on the weekend when Tedesco went off, they looked horrible as well. Did, so yeah. fullbacks very important, but New Zealand this week uh, couldn't be a better time. They're away, but they're playing the Sharks, so I think this is going to help their cause if they're looking to get back in a bit of form. Yeah. Um, the Tigers, they've got Manly, like we said before, at Leichhardt. That should be a cracker of a game and a real test, so see what happens there, but the other Saturday game, the Parramatta Eels, 32-16 to 16 over the Penny Panthers, and uh, I thought Parramatta were great, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandow come back in, he still looks a little bit out of shape, but I've said it a million times before, as much as everyone thinks Kelly's sturdy, Kelly's not going to win you a football game. Not saying Sandow won him a game, but he was a lot better than what Kelly's been. Yeah, uh, Gave him a kick, <clears throat> gives him a bit of ad-lib, he regathered a couple of chip kicks there. Nathan Peets, uh, I'm just going to put this out there right now. If Robbie Farrow wasn't playing for New South Wales, he'd be the next one up for me. Yeah, he would be. He'd be the New South Wales hooker. Yeah. He's a brilliant player. Hayne was good. He might even be that option. Uh, He's a utility. Josh Reynolds. He can play that. Josh Reynolds. He can play yeah. 13. He can play back row. You know, if they are going to have that bloke in there, um, I'd much rather it be Peets than, than Reynolds, that's for sure. Uh, but this was really similar to the Tigers-Warriors game. Um, from my perspective, watching them, I thought the Panthers should have scored more points early. And the uh, the Eels just clicked after half time and and ran away with it. Uh, you know, speaking to people from the Panthers this week, Ivan Cleary wasn't happy with their attitude. wasn't you know particularly happy with the way they played. So um, you know whether that was because they'd been up for the first three weeks, they had that good win over the Dogs. Uh, you know they've sort of slumped a little bit. It'll be really really good test for them this week um, coming up against the Raiders, but. Um, for this one, Parramatta, they, they deserve their win. They played better. They played tough. I they, they bashed Penrith out of the game to an extent. They just, they're just they running really hard, Parramatta. It might seem uh, really simple, but years gone by, the Parramatta forward pack hasn't scared you at all. But these guys, they look like they hurt you when you've got to tackle them. But they're aggressive. They just keep coming. They've, oh, been, both sides they've the been my favourite team this year to watch so yeah. far because the whole game is virtually based around intent and aggression. And yep. it shows you don't necessarily need big names if you've got a group that are willing to hunt as a pack, and right now, Parramatta are hunting as a pack. Well, I think they're hunting as a pack in offense as well. They're pushing up on the ball. Oh, they're playing you know, really simple. Uh, he's opened up their style of play. They're, they're, they've got the starch in D. They've filled the right holes in there. They're filled in at nine. Uh, Sandow come back in for me, made it look more complete. It freed up Norman. He didn't look distressed. Uh, Hayne looks happy and very involved. And the other most important thing I don't think there's enough of in the, the competition's quality centers. You can put their wingers away. And I don't think you've got a better pair at the moment than Hopawade and, uh, you know, obviously Tonga. Yeah. Tonga looks lit up, and even though Hopawade hasn't been as good running the football, you can't question that as far as his hands are concerned, I reckon he'd have close to the best pass to the winger mm. or probably sum up a situation better than most centres do in the competition. The only the only question that's going to rise for Parramatta, I guess, is if they get injuries. But Yeah, well, um, depth is an Penrith, issue. But... In this one, I thought Penrith had poor, they were poor energy. They, they didn't execute. Uh, and obviously their attitude, as I mentioned before, wasn't wasn't the best, but I'm sure they'll bounce back this week. And that was a really important loss for them. I mean, that could have really propelled them up the table, and now they sort of find themselves mid-table. Uh, you know, you're, you're looking already at that loss to the Storm in, um, in the last minute as maybe one that got away for the Panthers. Mm. Well, they're going to play Canberra at home this week. Tough test. Canberra's uh, been very sturdy, very solid. They completed at 90% the last two weeks, so uh, their game plan's definitely working. And as far as the Eels are concerned, away to the Broncos. So we'll see what happens there. But I reckon that's probably the game I'm really looking forward to watching that's this round. But yeah. uh, Next game, probably not too much to say about this one. I'm not going to take any credit away from the Bulldogs. They belted the Storm. Smith pulled out before kickoff, only moments before. But that's still no excuse. Everybody else was there. They got up early, 10-0. And then uh, I, I don't know what happened. Just mm, Poor attitude. Uh, defensively are... poor. Contact was poor. 
Um, just in, in all facets, they got outplayed. But I will say one thing, and I'll give it credit to the dogs, and I, I said this to Adam Bain, who's a dogs fan on our page. When the Bulldogs stop having so many Chiefs and then everyone becomes an Indian, and what I mean by that is everybody wants the ball play, especially the forward pack, yeah. once they put the ball away and just done their job, Reynolds and Hodkinson tore Melbourne apart. Yeah. So maybe Des Hasler needs to stop sitting down and being so structured and having all these monsters on the field and going block, block, block sideways, play straight. Mm. They murdered Melbourne. They'll murder anyone they want. We'll run hard and just play through the middle, yeah. They and get quick play the ball. You're going to get, uh, you're I don't gonna get care. opportunities on the back of that. Yeah, it makes sense. It's just, it worked. They, as, as much as people look and go, you know, Reynolds is not a great half or Hodkins is not a great half, if you give anyone that much space and roll on, you're going to score points. Mm. So that's exactly what they need. On the weekend, that was the first time there was one or two Chiefs and everyone else were Indians. So. Well, and there was a lot of comments on our page saying that, you know, don't don't say that it was because Cameron Smith was out that they, they got beat. But I'll tell you what, if Cameron Smith was in, it would have been a totally different game. So uh, not, not taking any away from, anything away from the Bulldogs, but... Uh, as a Titans fan, I'm hoping he's, he's out this weekend because um, we've got we've got him this weekend, and usually they bounce back real hard after a loss, Melbourne. So, mm. um, yeah, not much to take out of it. And, and as you said, that was probably the one thing Forwards. you did take out of it. Bulldogs it. play straight, play direct, play fast, and big debut clamour, uh, and just let your um, as well. yeah, just let your four, uh, your halves play on the back of the the ruck speed that you can generate. I think big that, I think they kind of needed that game for a few people. Josh Jackson got a couple of tries. I don't think he's been as good the back end of last year, and that looked to boost him. Up a bit. It's a bit of a know your role game, isn't it? Like for their forwards, like know your role. But your role is just to roll through the middle to start with. I think with. it's his fault though. He's given them all, know, all these plays, and it's He's all a pretty sideways. smart coach, Hasler. Yeah, well, it looks like exactly the same game plan from three years ago. So yeah. I've been ragging on him saying he needs to adjust. He does, but if that was my pack, I'm doing exactly what they did on the weekend. That pass is the last thing that should be on your mind, and all this two tip and going sideways. I want to crush teams in the middle with that pack, and mm. they can do that. They can, yeah. So if they stick with that, I think they're going to win some games. But they've got the Roosters this week, and I'm sure the Roosters will be plenty angry uh, after the result last week, so that should be a cracker as well. But Sunday kicked off. Uh, Souths, just, wow, rudderless, absolutely nothing doing there. 30-18 to 18 against Canberra. I'm taking nothing away from Canberra. They were brilliant. They were good. 36-40. of 40, uh, Go forward. They completed sets. I thought they kicked well. And Milford, they can't afford to lose Milford. I, I think... To put a quick summary on it, if he's going home for family reasons, he better go home for family reasons because if he flips for money, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm going to have a different opinion of him after everything that's already happened. But Canberra are going to test those waters. Uh, do I approve of it? No. But at the same time, I can't blame them if they're going to put together this supposed close to a million-dollar deal to try and not see him leave at the end of this season because if they lose him, I think they're screwed. Yeah. They've they're got they're no mad not to, not to pay him big bucks because he's having a massive influence over their success at the moment. Well, they can't get anyone else down there. Uh, simple for the Rabbitohs, errors penalties. Respect yeah. the ball Slow. and don't piggyback uh, your opposition out of your end. So if you, if you make an error, that's fine. Just defend the next set and then you know reload offensively. But the biggest problem the Rabbitohs have got at the moment, they're either going penalty and then making an error or the opposite, they're making an error and then giving away a penalty. And it just it piggybacks you, it flips the field, it makes it easy for the teams that you're playing to get out of their own end. But in saying that, the Raiders did a really, really good job of not giving um, the Rabbitohs free shots down their end. They gave them nothing. Absolutely. Which was great. You know, that, they, they led 20 zip at half time, I think it was, and um, it could have been more. Mm. Well, I thought Campese was pretty good. Uh, Milford, obviously. Uh, Vaughan. Jared Kennedy's really impressed me since he's coming on that edge. Tough. And- uh, for all the people that are kind of obsessed with Joel Edwards one hit a game, to be honest, if Mapali come back tomorrow, I'd start Kennedy still. Because mm. I don't think Edwards offers much in attack. And 
in this day and age, being a first grade in the back row, I think your back row needs to be an attacking threat. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can just be a tackle specialist. You need a bloke out there who's an option on the edge for you. Yeah. So I think he's been pretty good out there. And Chillington, he's only been back for two games, but he looks mobile and pretty keen, which he needs to because he lost two rep jerseys last year, so he's definitely got a point to prove. Yeah, he's improved this year. South's the only one uh, for me was George and probably G.I. Uh, I thought uh, Georgie Burgess was great. Uh, there's a lot of people coming out saying that it's because of the rule changes that South are struggling. That is crap. That's because if you, if you watch them play round one oh, against the Roosters, the Roosters, they destroyed the Roosters, dismantled them. I think it's attitude. They played perfectly uh, to the new rules. It's That's crap. Yeah. I don't want to hear that excuse. Well, they've got the, the Dragons away at the SCG, so that, that should be a cracker game. If they can't get up for a game at the SCG, you're, you, you, I don't know what you can do, but mm. Canberra gets Penrith. That's another good one. This comp is just a mess so far. Every yeah, good game's is. a good game at the moment because there's no formal one, really. But yep. uh, Sunday, this one again, don't want to drag on too much. I think, obviously, it was highlighted earlier. 30 to zip, Newcastle over Cronulla. It was a brilliant day. The rise for Alex, uh, the applause... The crowd, everything they did pre-game. Or the Wayne Bennett article in the oh, paper, that was great. Everything leading into it. But just that moment before kickoff when everyone stood up and applauded. And I give respect to the Sharks as well. They were uh, respectful. They got nice and tight-knit before the kickoff there and gave a hand as well. And uh, at the moment, the reports are obviously not as good as what we thought last week. Um, supposedly, supposedly, it's been written by Neil Breen yesterday that it's been diagnosed as... Quadriplegia, yeah, but they're still waiting. They're still not, waiting. Not fair to speculate until no, something, but something from the family or from the hospital or from the doctor is said. It's crap. Well, I know there's a lot of interest in it, but respect the guy, man. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's. Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying you. Are. I just, you know, it's frustrating just to hear all, of all the speculation. None of it's official. No, none of it's until official. Until it comes from the horse's mouth, just leave it. Be. After that bit, yeah, they've come out again, and so they're still not sure what I said last week. It could take months for them to have the swelling go down around the spinal cord yeah. to be able to tell the exact amount of damage. But at the moment, it's been temporarily diagnosed as quadriplegia purely because he can only feel out of his right arm. So, yeah. still not sure. Uh, he's out of his coma. Um, he's off his breathing apparatus, which is good news as well, and they're hoping to get him back to Sydney soon. So yeah. hopefully he can transfer. Well, it was back. an emotional home crowd. Yeah. Uh, the shark, uh, the sharks, they look gone already. No, they're they, done. They look I think. gone. Um, Carney's not fit. Fafita's mind's Lewis elsewhere. Lewis isn't coming back yet. And well, he's still got another back. six weeks. Luke Lewis. Yeah, around um, ten. Peter Sharp said we're a long way from win. Win. Yeah. So. I mean, if your coach is saying that, um, there's a good um, chance you are a long way from a win. Boyd Boyd was a big in for me. I think Boyd looked really sharp. It kind of helped out Roberts because I don't think he's been getting much help off Dobson, to be honest. And Boyd kind of plays that extra... Extra half roll. Uh, Mason obviously was brilliant. He, he was, was a bully. Very emotional. He was really bull- Robbie bully. Robbie Rocco. Robbie Rocco was very good, but the, the outstanding one for me was Leilua. I like him at the best of times, but he absolutely killed the Sharks. Yeah, I'm not his biggest fan because of off-field stuff, but he, um, can play he was tremendous. He was tremendous. He just dominated that edge, that uh, right edge um, of the Sharks, the Knights' left edge. He I'll was, tell you what. Some of his tries were just boys v men. The news is getting better and better for them because Mullen wasn't supposed to be back until about round 10 or 12. He's only a week or two away, he reckons. Okay. So if that's the case, back by round six, that's about six weeks early. Well, I mean, with these sorts of wins with him out, that takes and pressure off having to rush him back as well. So. I don't want to jump on this bandwagon, but sometimes when things like this happen, it can really set up Oh, it can, 100%. So, 100%. Uh, we've, so. seen, we've seen teams with situations like this. Probably the most recent one I can think of is Melbourne after the cap drama. They didn't win the comp, but the year after, regardless of what happened... They had a hell of a year. They fell one short of the grand final, but they wanted to prove a point after they were stripped out yes. yeah. that they were, you know, without all the players there on the extra money, that they were the top of the pot. Yeah. And they won the minor premiership, and then they won the comp the year after. So mm. I think uh, with something under your belt, sometimes it can push you that little bit extra. 
Mullen's coming back, Boyd's back in. I think things are starting to look up. And, um, you know what, well, this is probably my one for this round. They're playing the Cowboys away. I'm all over Newcastle, and I think they're outsiders too, decent outsiders. Wow. Yeah, so I'd be backing them. I don't think it's going to be a one-week thing. I think uh, they're still going to be fairly emotional while this situation's uh, hanging around. Yep. And the Tinkler business just went down. The members are supposedly in this position now to buy that back. So For a dollar. There's a lot going on in Newcastle, but the team looks pretty fired up. So uh, as far as Cronulla are concerned, I don't think it's getting any better. I think they're going to be a bogey here for New Zealand to warm up on, mm. put themselves back in a form, and it's just not getting any better. So, God, what can you say? But... Monday night, it wrapped up with the Titans, a 13-12 win over the Cowboys, and the Cowboys get into the red zone more than anyone in the 20 metres, but they make more errors than anyone. So I was going to say... Um, it's telling you at the moment, they're making plenty of metres, they're getting down there, but I think they're just panicked. They're not trying to get repeat sets, they're not being calm. Every play is trying to hit it out of the park. If it's second, third, every play they're trying to score off, I think they just really need to calm down. Hmm. Well, it looks like they're just confused with the attacking structures, but... Watching the game, I got that impression they were just rolling down the field too easily. I don't know why they just don't keep rolling down the middle until they have to go wide. It looked like they had the Titans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Trouble a lot of the time, and then they move the ball sideways. I think, why are you going sideways? Just keep punching them through the middle. My other issue is... I think Michael Morgan is struggling to know how to play offensively in the red zone as a fullback, mm. not as a half. Because he's, he's a half. there's situations there where Thurston needs an inside support runner or someone on a uh, on a sweep run, and he, he just doesn't know where he's supposed to be. And um, he's getting a little bit lost. And I feel like Thurston feels as though he's got to do everything. Mm. Uh, Robert Louis is probably not playing the best football in terms of his attacking not game at the, at the moment. moment. Most definitely not. So, uh, yeah, I think for 80% of the game, I think they're defending quite well. The Cowboys, at the, the Titans tries came off kicks. Uh, so there's a lot of upside. It's only round four. I think it's just teething problems. But I was really happy with the Titans win. I, you know, I know the Titans are going to make the eight, but um, it's just it's nice to know that they're, they're going to play for each other. They played for each other the other night. They defended really well. And the, the one guy that really um, impressed me was Luke, Luke Douglas the other night. I thought he was very, very good. Mm. For the first time in a long time, I've, I've actually sat there and thought, you know what, he's, he's dominating uh, the opposition forward pack. I think he really stepped it up to Tamo and Scott, which mm. was good to see. But well, the Titans, again, they, they, you know, you talk about a side that rolls down the field easily and can't execute in, in offense. It was like mirror images of each other. Yeah. They both rolled down the field fairly easily, but... The Titans' attack is ordinary as well. They, They're going they, very lateral. They both lack in the same spots, though. They've changed hooker a couple of times. North Queensland have already flipped their hooker again. They've put the Costjays in front of uh, Thompson. They've both got makeshift fullbacks. Like Meade's there at the moment. He hasn't played the position a lot. Yeah. So they've got very similar problems at this point in time. And the snake on the field. That was brilliant. Big bloody I was going to say, that was my highlight of the game, to be honest, because <laughs> I didn't think the game was all that flash. I, I enjoy the game. I, just, I like these grinding games. The only part oh. that I enjoyed is watching Jason Tamalolo just manhandle people. And the scary thing is the bloke's only 20. Mm. And I thought, been... actually, I'd give a rap to Brad Ty. I thought he was good. Yeah, he's pretty he, good as well. He was pretty good. And I think the halves for them, again, I, they're brilliant. And I know they've already got uh, Pierce and Maloney penciled in, but for me, I don't see why Caesar and Kelly long-term are both New South Welshmen couldn't be a halves pairing for the Blues, especially mm. Kelly. Kelly's a brilliant player. Yeah, he's 
crazy. The crazy, so, crazy to watch. Oh, um, but entertaining. That's, very that's entertaining. what you need in those kind of games. I think he, he can uh, break a game. Defensively, like he's very good too, which yeah. helps him. So is Caesar. And uh, I didn't think Caesar was man of the match in that game, but he got the award and he's played well. He kicked that clutch field goal and um, good signs ahead. I just think there's areas where they're lacking. They're going to get found out, especially if they get injuries. Yeah, well, this week they play the Storm away. And um, if... one, one question: Why didn't Ryan James play? No idea. Just didn't get selected because they they went with Matt White again, and I thought we just like impact. If it's the shoulder injury, still I could understand. If he's not fit, I don't know. But he just got that contract, so you wouldn't think it was anything to do with discipline or anything else. His his shoulder must be crooked still. Yeah. Because yeah, he he wasn't all that great or that intentful the week before when he played. So I reckon he's still busted. Maybe yeah. But uh, they got the storm away this week. Uh, Kevin Smith, hopefully, from my perspective, is back. Um, the Cowboys play Newcastle at home, but I don't think it's going to help their cause because I still think the Newcastle are going to be feeling pretty amped up. So it's getting close to must win for the Cowboys. Oh, it's it's pretty much there Just now. Not must win to make the eight, must win if they're going to finish top they're, four. They're origin affected though. They yeah, need to, right. they need to stockpile, so they're not in a position to be able to hold off. But uh, that wraps up the reviews of the games in the weekend. We'll jump on now to Andrew Brown from Sporting Bet to have our pick the line game. And we welcome back now our Sporting Bet representative, Andrew Brown. How are you going, buddy? Yeah, very good. Thanks, uh, Louis. Um, a few upsets last weekend. I think I got one out of eight in my tipping competition. How would you boys go? Mm, I got two. I got three. So, yeah, it's uh, going, going great guns. Yeah. <laughs> Tough for the punters at the moment, but um, it makes every game interesting, I guess, that everyone's a realistic chance of winning. So, um, But, yeah, it's not making my bank balance look any better. So... No, no. no, speaking speaking of winning, you're not doing too well in this contest either. Right? <laughs> I'm not. The knives are out. No, so. I was about to say. <laughs> you might be able to get one back today. No, Before it. we jump into things, I'm 3-1 up, just for anyone who cares to know. Yeah. So, uh, we'll kick things off. The first game's the Friday night at Allianz Stadium. It's the Sydney Roosters versus the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Brock, what do you uh, got? I've got the Roosters minus 5.5. Yeah, well, I took the Roosters minus 7.5. There's uh, a good start for, for Louis there. We've got him seven and a half. That's been solid since we opened him on Monday. Uh, the Roosters a dollar forty one. The Bulldogs two ninety five. Cracker. Uh, the other Friday night game is at Suncorp Stadium. It is the Brisbane Broncos versus the Parramatta Seal. Uh, Broncos minus seven and a half. Yeah, I've got the same as you. So it's a split. Split that one. Yeah, you're pretty much spot on, boys. We've got the Broncos as uh, eight point favourites. So a dollar thirty eight. Uh, Parramatta three dollars oh five. Brilliant. Saturday, Ramonda Stadium. It's the Cronulla Sharks versus the New Zealand Warriors. Brock? I have the Warriors minus 10.5. I've got the Warriors minus 4.5. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, so we've got the Warriors as four-point favourites at $1.60. Cronulla, $2.37. I'll be having massive cabbage on that line, slightly. (laughs) (laughs) He loves betting on everything, ladies and gentlemen. uh, The other Saturday night game out at Sporting Bet Stadium. It is the Penrith Panthers versus... The Canberra Raiders. Uh, I've got the Panthers minus five and a half. Yeah, well, we split that one as well. I've got five and a half. Boo. And you're bang on, boys. Uh, the Panthers five and a half point favourites. A dollar fifty. Canberra $2.65. Not bad odds for the Raiders, I thought. Yeah, I don't think it's too bad. Um, especially the way Penrith played. They were a bit uh, bit off last week. So. Mm. Well, the other Saturday yeah, night I mean, game, and this one I'm really looking forward to at the SCG. Nothing better than going back to the old school. It's the St. George Illawarra Dragons versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs who need a bounce back. Uh, i got the Rabbitohs minus 7.5. Uh, well, I could only give them 2.5. 2.5. 
That's a, another one for Louis. We've put him up at um, as two and a half point favourites at a dollar seventy uh, for the Rabbitohs St George, two dollars twenty. But there has been money for the Rabbits too. They're now three and a half point favourites and a dollar sixty five at Sporting Bet. Okay, nice. Well, Sunday we go down to Amy Park where the Melbourne Storm will look to bounce back against the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, Storm nine and a half point favourites. Yeah, I got Storm ten and a half. And they are ten and a half point oh. favourites. A dollar twenty-five. Uh, Titans four dollars ten. Should be a smash up. He's reading these lines. I love this. This is brilliant. <laughs> Uh, the other Sunday game is at Leichhardt again, a bit of the old school. Absolutely love it. The West Tigers versus the Manly Seagulls. Uh, I've got Manly by nine and a half. I've got Manly by five and a half. We went up originally five and a half. It's now six. A uh, dollar fifty for Manly West. Two dollars sixty-five. Mm, awesome. I'm getting towed up. <laughs> you are getting shredded. <laughs> and uh, Monday night we head up there to good old thirteen hundred Smiles Stadium. Who's paying for JT's dental work for the rest of his life? Uh, it's the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Newcastle Knights. Um, Brock, what do you got? I got the Cowboys by four and a half. I've got the Cowboys by five and a half, but this one's my upset of the round. I reckon Newcastle are going to get them up here. All right, well you got the line right, Louis. They're six point uh, favourites, the Cowboys at a dollar forty-eight. Newcastle two seventy. So there's some uh, value there for you. And um, all I can say to you, Brock, is I uh, use the old cliche: is that it's uh, a very long season. Mm. Well, yeah, well, there's always now. next week. It's always next week. Yeah. Well, you better start coming I've got back. Beat, what's that? Six six nil, and we split two. I got smashed. So <laughs> you got dusted. I'm um, I'm in a dark place at the moment. You are in a dark place. <laughs> and at four one, it's just getting darker and darker. Yeah. It puts the lotion on the skin, yeah. otherwise it gets the hose. That's right. Yeah. He's <laughs> down oh. in the hole. Ah, it's all right. I'll, I'll come good. As <laughs> as good punters do. <laughs> well, what about the sporting uh, bet promos for this week? And Andrew, got anything for the punters out there? Yeah, we're mixing it up a little bit uh, for this weekend. Um, for those of you that enjoy having a, a, a multi, um, we're actually giving you a f- 25% bonus on four um, on all four-leg or more NRL multis uh, for round five of the NRL. So if you have a multi and it's four legs or more and you get it up, we'll um, give you another 25% on top of your winnings. Yep. All I can say, it's one thing to win money, and we all love winning money, but it's even better if someone's going to chuck an extra 25% on top. So there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, get your lips and hands onto that one. Get onto sportingbet.com because remember, there is no better bet than a sporting bet. And as always, a big thank you to Andrew Brown for joining us on the line, mate. Have a cracker of a weekend. Yeah, you too, boys. Good to join you, and uh, I'll speak to you again next week. Good no man. worries, mate. Have a good one. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And the man, he's back. We delayed him last night, and uh, I think he enjoyed it anyway. He had a bit of a power snoozer. Well, power uh, snooze, light beer, yeah. peri peri beef pizza. <laughs> I mean, it's all happening for you, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, steady on, boys. No light beer here, son. Nah, no light beer. We've, we've already spoken about that off 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 microphone as to yeah, uh, that what we think about uh, anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> These conversations. But, mate, uh, just like your deep pan peri-peri there, there's something else cooking in the oven. There is, mate. I guess the biggest pizza uh, this week is Andrew Fafita. I mean, we can't get away from that. It's front page, back page of every single paper. Now, we know that he was a bit of a goose and said a couple of things he shouldn't have. Uh, but look, the Sharks are still keen, boys, uh, but nowhere near what the Bulldogs are going to offer him. I'm hearing it's about five fifty or 600k, but look, you can go on to Twitter and have a look on um, Enter Gossip on Facebook and have a look. Sharks fans 
They're not keen to have him, mate. He's shown his loyalty. He wants to go elsewhere, so... Well, yeah, interesting to see what happens. Just the union comments in general, whether they're interested or not now, that's enough. If I, like, you know, say from my point of view, if Melbourne were that kind of club where they had third parties and a bit of, a, a bit of pulling power, say, like a Bulldogs or Roosters, I wouldn't want him after a rant like that. No. no, well, that's it. no. And, and I don't think rugby want him either. I mean, rugby have said if you want to come to us, it's rugby first, money second. And at the moment, the way Andrew Rivers is talking, it's all about the cabbage. Well, I think the world's dried up with rugby union. Like we can comparatively give them almost as much money as what they'll leave them for prior. Well, they've dropped. Um, you know, yeah. Well, Wendell, when payments. you think about Wendell and um, uh, Falau and you know Takiri and Rogers, and when those guys left, they were getting paid almost double what they were getting in the NRL. Um, but now, now they're getting pretty yeah, well, much. Yeah. It's apples for apples. If you're really. a top dog, you're on and the same who, coin. Who'd want to go play rugby union? Hmm. Bloody hell! Yeah. It's like kissing your sister playing that bloody game. It's horrendous. <laughs> Um, look, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, Sam's at Sam's at the stage where he's probably just looking to um, probably play an extra two years and get paid uh, a heap of coin to do jack shit, basically. So yeah, he'll be back. Um, if he's going to play in the centres. Uh, but this one, uh, we had a discussion about this today. I, I actually think that the Sharks would be mad to let him go because I don't know who else they're going to be able to attract. Well, that's, yeah, I think that's probably the only thing we've got uh, in terms of him staying as a positive, and you've already told us last week, and as everyone, they've gone for Bromwich, they've talked to Grant, they've tried to talk to everybody, but with what's going on there, and God knows what's still yet to be handed down, if I'm the Sharks, they, they can't really afford to let anyone that's even close to a marquee player leave. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's spot on. Well, what else you got for us, buddy? All right, mate, speaking about big cabbage, I've got Milford from the Raiders. Now, we know he's going to go to the Broncos, but the... The, the Raiders haven't given up hope, boys, and I'm hearing ridiculous figures like including third party, including bonuses, including this, that, and the other, anywhere up to $1.2 million for, for Canberra to keep him. But, look, I think with, with the Broncos, mate, one-team town, they can get sort of unlimited third party if they wanted to. Um, I can't see them leaving uh, the Broncos' deal. Well, I'll tell you what, if Campbell were to throw that out there, that could really put a spare in the works as far as what the Broncos, what the Broncos were going to pay. I think we heard about 400 Right now, he's chump change for how he's playing. Mm. So if I'm the Raiders and I can at least drive them to have to pay a little bit more and you know at least put the effort in to try and keep him because they definitely need to try, uh, why not have a crack? Um, to most people, they, I've heard the question the last few days, is he worth a million? Uh, to other clubs, probably not, but to Canberra, yes. Josh Dugan gone, Blake Ferguson gone. Uh, they can't bring a top 10 player down there. No one wants to move there, so they can't afford to let him go. Yeah, I think he's he's worth a million to Canberra. Easily. He's not worth a million to Brisbane because he's, he's not going to have um, as big of a role or as big of a responsibility in terms of their offensive output at Brisbane. So, Well, to be honest, I at mean, the his, moment... His I... price isn't worth... Worth at Brisbane are high flying. They're at the top well, I'll put it to you this way though: the way you've seen Ben Barber playing is virtually like a five eight, not really like a fullback. The way I'm looking at it right now, he'll be wearing the six next year, and I'd have Milford at fullback. I wouldn't have Barber at fullback. Yeah, but I, I just don't think. And Josh Brisbane, Hoffman, Brisbane can't justify paying him one point two. No, but as much to as I their roster with all the other players they've got, as much as I love Josh Hoffman, the more and more uh, what I've seen, well, it's only four games in, but what I'm seeing right now, Josh Hoffman now doesn't fit full stop. He doesn't fit a five eight, and if they get Milford there, he doesn't. Well, fit I said that though. before the season started. The the uh, the Bulldogs sort of mucked that deal up, letting um, Barber go and and not having compensation in Hoffman. So uh, that's that's on the Bulldogs, and they're now finding themselves in the situation where they're on a wing and a prayer to get Tedesco, and 
Um, there's even speculation today I saw on NRL Gossip that they might even be after the Stewart brothers. So. Brilliant. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's right. Well, all those Raiders fans that keep emailing me out now, I know you, you want to know, but look, if, if the Raiders don't land him, it's not through lack of trying. Your club is doing everything they can to keep him there. Mm-hmm. And so they should. Yeah, I know, absolutely. All right, boys, here's one for you boys to fight over. Proctor. Now, what would you boys pay? I know he's asking tag. What would you pay for Proctor? Well, if I'm sitting down as like the Melbourne CEO from our perspective, not on an open market perspective, to fit in that team, I'd say probably to me he's worth about three fifty, four hundred. I would have said four hundred. Yeah, well, he's asking price to six hundred k boys, wow. and there's two. Yeah, there's two clubs that are very keen, and that's the Titans and the Cowboys. I like the Titans. I think he'll go to the Titans. Yeah. He's a Gold Coast boy. He went to the high school up there. He's got mates up there, so I wouldn't all be surprised if the Titans sign him. Well, you should see old mates sitting next to me, Shaggy. They, they, they love signing a back row for well over. Don't they? Don't they? Let's put it this way. He's a brilliant player. I know the isn't, Caps. Uh, isn't Anthony Watmo off contract? Yeah, he's contract? 31 years old. I don't care. I'd rather pay him eight. No. Than Proctor for six. Kidding, kidding yourself. I'm serious. Absolutely kidding yourself. 24, right, well, I'm kidding myself. We've got Mark Minicello, Dave Taylor, yeah. Luke Bailey, So you're going to Matt pay White, 800 all these for a player who's got a year... Blokes will pass their best. Yep. I'd rather pay Watmo guy in his prime 800. Thanks prime. for coming. He's the same age as the other old he's buggers you got. He's in his prime. No, he's That's not. That's the dumbest thing you've ever no seen. No way. You'd be done in two years. No way. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing Origin. Yeah. For how much longer? He's 31. Oh, here we go. You can pay Proctor 400. Mate, I'll pay him three fifty. I'm not paying. That's him the six. dumbest thing you've ever said. You dumbest market. thing I've ever said. Three fifty <laughs> on the open market. Oh, oh yeah. mate, Joel. I Thompson. hope the Titans flog the storm this weekend. Yeah, for your sake. Seriously, they got lucky last year. He's just sensitive because they overpaid for Dave and they overpaid it's for dumb. him and they kept it's me in dumb, a dumb business. But if I'm going to pay over to someone, I'm paying for someone that's tried and tested. And Anthony Watmo is tried and tested. Yeah, and he's also 31. and He doesn't have much more room okay. to hit the ceiling. He's 31. So. But if you guys want to keep overpaying for old guys, feel free. <laughs> I don't think Dave Taylor's okay. old. Dave Taylor's 25. I don't know about Dave Taylor. He's still paying a bunch of other pensioners. So <sighs> okay. you can take Watmo as well if you want. Play on. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, I'd rather keep McKendry than Grant. I think there's more upside with him. I think he's got uh, at least some leg drive and a bit of a bump. Tim Grant, to me, is pretty one-dimensional. So uh, if, if both were going, I'd be surprised. But if you're going to keep one, I'd be keeping McKendry. How old is Tim Grant? Does anyone know? Yep. How old is he? A year older than me. Oh, okay. So he's, oh, he's, he's too old. We won't pay for him. That's right. um, <laughs> too young, too mean, young um, for you. Too young for you. Uh, yeah, well, Grant's sort of not. He's not a regular in the first grade side. So I'd, I'd be keeping McKendry. Um, but I'm not sort of sure what, you know, what the deal is in terms of their contract money and where Penrith's yeah, cap fits. But, um, I, I heard some um, reports this week that Penrith still haven't really got their cap under control, even though it's in a much better position than what it was when uh, Gus first got there. But, and you've also got to remember, and Penrith fans, I know they'll probably jump up and down, but there's, uh, there's a lot of good young juniors there. And yeah. um, 
been at the coal face of that, there's there's plenty of good young kids coming through. So, well, um, would you rather now. pay? You, you could probably pay, you know, Grant six hundred, or you could pay three of the three of the kids two hundred each, and you get to keep three of them. So. Mm. Um, that's sort of the philosophy I think that they're working on at the moment. Well, you're saying that the results of it coming through in the New South Wales Cup, a bunch of 19-year-olds who can still play 20s. you got Downs Lesniak playing this weekend. Yeah, well, he's, he's still, playing, but still that's eligible. not to say he's going to handle first grade. But nah. you want to get as many of those kids into first grade, see if they're good enough, and if they're not, then move them on for a lot less cash than back-ended contracts. Well, his top 25 it's contract pretty is a baby, so all I'm getting at, you're getting the juniors. Yeah, but well, that's, 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 how that's, they, the that's how they're managing their cap, yeah. by having guys that are fairly cheap on their cap. But you want, and then you can go and buy players. Yeah, but we're talking about worrying about pushing juniors out. There's juniors coming through. That's exactly what I just said. You're just yeah. repeating what I'm saying. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd, um, yeah if, if they've got back-ended deals, then yeah. And I think I heard reports that um, they're going up percentage-wise as well in terms of what the cap is. So it might be 600 yep. on the old cap. It could be bloody 750, 800 on this cap. Yeah, that's right. So... The poor, the poor Panthers, yeah, like you said before, they're, they're still sitting on the Matt Elliott salary cap model. So I don't know whether Matty Elliott's still in the same with the Warriors, but if that's the case, the Warriors, wow, they're going to be in trouble in a couple of years. Mm. Well, yeah, I wonder what they paid Tompkins. I wonder what, how that's back in Well, they paid a transfer fee too, so they didn't just pay, they're not just paying him a salary, they had to pay just to get him over there. Yeah, but it doesn't matter about the, the one off payment, it's going to be the payment in a couple of years if he's not playing real well. well it's all cabbage. Yeah. Uh, both the past couple of weeks have been speaking um, about James Roberts. Now it's official, finally. He's off to the Titans for two years. The Titans fan, Louie, you happy with uh, James Roberts? <laughs> no, you're a Titans fan. You're kidding yourself. <laughs> Brock's a yeah, Titans Brock, fan. I mean, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, we need an outside back, but we probably paid him 400000 so, you know, I don't know. Depends what they paid him. Um, he's a good young kid, for sure. He made a mistake, um, so Twice. he's probably worthwhile. Um, giving him a crack, but I'm just not a real big fan of um, getting players secondhand from other clubs that have, that have messed up. I, I think the sooner that clubs sort of get together and say, look, we're not going to sign players who do the wrong thing, like if they set up a code of ethics or some sort of um, code of conduct, any player that steps out of it, all the clubs should just say, look, um, we're not going to sign that player. Um, but it will probably never happen. But I know in the NFL they've got um, I know certain clubs have got agreements where they don't, they won't sign players um, in terms of their off-field conduct, and uh, it's off-field-wise, I think they're a lot better than us, um, the NFL. So, mm. well, he's a brilliant player. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, is he really like bril- He's not brilliant. He's not like, brilliant. brilliant. At his I best, mean, he's brilliant. But this but is, he hasn't been brilliant. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. He is a brilliant player, but he's been he's, not. he's been sacked from two clubs. Maybe well, reputation-wise, he is, but he, he, hasn't, he to, definitely hasn't shown it in the NRL. I think he's played some good for He played bloody good when he first came at South yeah. in 2011. He was a baby. Well, I think but he's... Well, the balance well, is not there. He's been sacked from two clubs. How he's good he is is probably not the discussion. He's worth, the he's worth a shot. But oh, he's a good it just player. depends on what sort of cabbage he is. 100% he's a good player. But two clubs down, and this is last chance as far as I'm concerned. If this went yeah, to it won't South... Be. It won't be. If no, he mucks up again, they'll someone else to sign him. That's well, the problem. If someone's dumb enough to do it again, well, then good luck to him. But for me, this is it. If his hands can keep up with his feet, to be a good player. Mm, exactly. And his brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, boys, today we heard Shane Flanagan, another three years with the Sharks. Now, um, look, I could say a lot about the Sharks. I think it's a bit strange how they sort of, it seems to me that it's a bit of a boys' club, but sort of reminds me of a club in the mid-80s where everyone's their best mate and doesn't seem like the most professional outfits. But uh, look, the players are happy with Flano there, so I guess it's good for the 
Sharks players, whether it's good enough for the fans over there. The players are driving the bus now, aren't they? They must be. Yes, yeah. Strange culture there. And do we... I mean, the USADA report obviously hasn't even came down yet, so... Oh, I think, yeah, it's a real... I don't know, you can't really comment on it, but, I mean, for him to get a year a year ban, obviously you're going to hear more about that down the track. I'd, I'd like to know uh, what the specifics were of, of him um, having that deal been dealt down um, in terms of the year ban. Like, he must have done something wrong. He can't have been totally without fault. Um, and then to give give a guy a three year contract, to almost say that that's okay. I, I just I don't know. It just doesn't send send the right message in the club. The ban's not just a year either. Though. They've already said that it, he well, has to do meet a bunch of requirements that. and sit down with them. So if he doesn't aim up and do what he needs to do, and they're not satisfied, he won't be back coaching anyway. So he could be. Out yeah, that's an NRL thing. Yeah, mm. an NRL thing. So yeah. he, he's got a lot to live up to before he gets his job back and to prove that he's ready to come back on board. So. Mm. Well, I mean, the, uh, with the with the financial situation they're in, it's you know they're now paying two coaches as well. I mean, they're they're paying um, obviously Flanagan who's out, and then they're paying Sharp as well. So, I mean, they're, they're just leaking money everywhere. Yeah, they're probably still paying Chris Anderson too. <laughs> Chris probably. Anderson, brilliant. <laughs> Alright boys, last point of the night. Now we put it up on NRL Gossip um, about the two Stewart brothers um, going to the Bulldogs. Well, we didn't say they're going to the Bulldogs, but I do know Des wants them both. Whether he gets them both is another thing. I doubt that it would happen, but um, you, you never know with Des so what his pulling power will be. But either way, both Stewart brothers won't be at Manly next year. One of them will go. Wow, yeah. Full on. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they did go. I, I'd if they were, if one of them's going to go, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them go. If, if it's possible and if they get the money that they want. I mean, it seems a bit fanciful at the moment, but um, time will tell. But well, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm, I'm quite, like, I know they've got their mentality in there, but this is almost, to me, like the Sharks kind of thing. Where they're, oh, I want this coach, and they're all in there together. They're telling the club, this is how it's going to be. We want these two here. To be honest, I wouldn't re-sign Glenn Stewart the way he's been playing. And if I was, I wouldn't be paying him top dollar. And Brett Stewart, I said it last year, he's lucky to play half a season. If I had him or I was making him an offer, it'd be an incentive-based contract on how many games he plays because he can't seem to stay yeah, on the field. The problem is he won't accept that. Yeah, he won't accept that, but that's too bad. He can leave as well. But if they're going to have like, that kind yeah, of mentality as well, I know it might cost him in the long run, but... That's all well and good for me you to sit here and say, but yeah, for, him, for him to leave, it'll upset other players in that, oh, in that squad. I'm saying and it will, but... Part of the whole process is keeping everyone happy and been able to manage the group. But. I put it to the flip side, yeah, and this is the whole argument. They want Jolly Cherry Evans is the one they need to upgrade. Who are you keeping? I'm they keeping they've already upgraded Cherry Evans last upgraded. year. Right? Again. So, this yeah, is the well, argument. They're all supposedly dirty on him because he's going to be taking a decent chunk of the cap and they're all taking sacrifice. But at the end of the day, if I'm Daly Cherry Evans and the club uh, is in well, a position... It's that fine line between do you want to have a good squad or do you do you want Max Dollar? Well, if Brisbane, you get Max Dollar, more often than not, you're going to be at somewhere like the Raiders. Well, the Brisbane's about to offer... Who, want to offer can, big coin, and they don't have a bad team building, so if they pull him up there, yeah. I don't think that's too bad of a place to be going from Cherry Evans. So Manly are trying to do something to stop that. That may cost him a stupid brother. I'm much happier with uh, Cherry Evans. Oh, for sure. But, I mean... You know, and then you look at look at South this year. They've they've obviously got upset culture because the whole Sam Burgess situation. So it, it has it has its effects, flowing effects, um, not just in the ins and outs of your squad. It's you know who's happy, who's not happy, and um, the way that deals are done. 
So, mm. well, I agree they need to find a way around it, but if we're talking these two holding them hostage and they want coin, well, then not happening. Mm. Yeah. That's all we got tonight, boys. Brilliant. Well, the tips, they went horrible, as uh, has been the, the case for the first few weeks. Brock got two, me and you got three, so we'll at least drag one back there. Um, so Brock's on 16, you're on 15, I'm on 14. And uh, we'll kick off the tips for this week. It starts on Friday night at Allianz Stadium. It's the Sydney Roosters versus the Bulldogs. Uh, obviously a game with a, a bit of taste to it. Sonny Bill back from suspension as well, which makes it a good one. But what do you reckon, Brock? Uh, Roosters will win. Yep. I don't know. I, yeah, I think they'll be smarting from last week. They get Sonny Bill back. The Dogs, yeah, they tower Melbourne up, but Melbourne didn't have Cameron Smith. Gossip, what do you reckon, Champ? Yeah, I'm going to Roosters as well. Sonny Bill back, um, but says it all, really. Mm. Now, I'm going to Roosters pretty much just from last week. Uh, I was pretty angry watching the game, and I'm not even a Roosters fan, so I'm sure they'll have plenty of fire under the belt. But uh, the other Friday night game is up at Suncorp Stadium. It's the Brisbane Broncos versus the Parramatta Eels. Uh, this one should be an absolute cracker. I'm looking forward to this. But what do you reckon, Gossip? Yeah, well, um, you can't go past the Broncos, I think. I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying why they're playing at the moment. I'll go to the Broncos. Yep, Boxing. I'm going to go to the Eels. Um, I think they can. Uh, I think they can win up wow. there. Um, I, they really impressed me on Saturday night. Um, they impressed me against Manly. The Broncos. I mean, you look at who they've played. Um, they got beat by the Roosters. I don't know whether the Roosters are going that great. So oh, I think Parramatta uh, are really you know flowing along all right at the moment. Uh, sailing along all right, I should say. And uh, I think they'll win. Mm. Well, I'm going the Broncos, but purely because it's up there. Uh, I think they're doing pretty good. I'm very impressed by Parramatta as well, but. Uh, this early stage of the year, I'm going to stick with the Broncos. But uh, Saturday kicks off at Ramonda Stadium. It's the Cronulla Sharks versus the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, I'm going to go the Warriors in this one. I think that's pretty straightforward as to why. Yeah, I want to tip Cronulla, but I'll, I'll go New Zealand. Um, yeah, it's Cronulla. You just, Peter Sharp said it all. They're a long way from a win. And um, if that's the case, the Warriors should cover them, even though the Warriors have been a bit hot and cold. I hate tipping the Warriors, boys. Yeah, especially every time I, I, uh, I think it was last year, every time I tipped them, they didn't win. So, look, I'm going to tip him, so get on the Sharks. <laughs> 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 I'll, tip, I'll tip the Warriors. You death wrote it. Well, the other Saturday game at Sporting Bet Stadium, it's the Penrith Panthers versus the Canberra Raiders. And, uh, Brock, who do you like? Panthers, but with absolutely no confidence at all. I know they, they copped a massive spray uh, last weekend. They were very, very... Uh, unenthusiastic, slow um, in that game and Parramatta ran all over them. They, they're going to need to improve because the Raiders were uh, really impressive against the Rabbitohs. So mm-hmm. I'll tip the Panthers just because it's at home. How about you, Gossip? You're a Panther man. Yeah, I'll tip the Panthers. I did, I did pick the Raiders last week in an upset, so, uh, but the Raiders seem to be going one win, loss, one win, loss, one win, yeah. loss, so going for a loss this week. Mm. Well, I'm going to go to the Panthers purely on the performance on Saturday. They're going home. Uh, Mansour back in, I think, is a big plus. I know he, most people say he's just a winger, but in the modern-day game, I think he does a heap of work that helps out the forwards, and they've I missed him the last couple of weeks, big time. They get Wallace and Soward back as well. So. Yeah, well, Wallace is a studying influence, so that's a bonus. But uh, the last Saturday night game, the classic at SCG, a bit of the old school, it's the St. George Dragons versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs. But... Uh, uh, I'm going to go the Dragons in this one. Uh, everyone's saying Souths are going to bounce back. Souths are going to bounce back, even with the reshuffle. I'm just not confident in it. Um, they look completely and utterly disorganised. Attitude, body language, there's nothing positive there at the moment. Probably the only person I've looked at and seen effort is George Burgess, and English is trying as well, but 
uh, yeah, it's just not happening because they don't look like a happy football side. Uh, I call the Rabbitohs fool's gold, and this is why I'm a fool, because I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs. Um, I, I just think uh, that South will roll through the middle of the Dragons. I think the Dragons' middle is soft. Um, I think their edges and their back rowers are sensational, fullback sensational. I just think South will respect the ball a little bit more and uh, roll through the middle of the Dragons. Well, I thought at the beginning of the year that the Dragons aren't the Dragons. They can't do anything without um, Dugan. And Dugan's back this week, and they're already leading the comp. So with Dugan back, they're going to look even better. And the Dragons will win quite comfortably. Yeah. Well, Sunday kicks off at Amy Park. It's the Melbourne Storm versus the Gold Coast Titans. And what do you reckon, Gossip? Who you got in this one? Um, yeah, yeah, it was a tough one, didn't it? Uh, I'm going to go to the Titans, mate, in this one. So, get your money on them. Yep, well, I'm going the Storm just because Smith's supposed to be back in. If uh, he's back in, that's enough for me. Yeah, if Smith's back in, I'll go the Storm. Um, the Titans don't uh, traditionally back up real well from Monday night either. Um, so that's a that's a factor to take into it. And I thought that game was a real rugged, tough, grinding game. So, uh, And the Titans just, uh, you know, I, I thought they were good last week, but... I didn't think the Cowboys were that great. Um, I just this will be a, a group one for them. We'll really see where they're at. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. And I guess and then for the Titans as well, they've got to start winning back to back if they're if they're going to be serious at the end of the year. Yeah, and, and, uh, and away from home. I mean, they, um, they beat the Raiders away from home, but even that was an ugly win. So uh, traditionally, they struggle away from home. That's always a close game between those two, like we saw at the end of last year. So yeah, we're unlucky. Not unlucky not to win that one, I thought. Mm. Yeah, like the Titans, boys, for some reason. There you go. Well, the other Sunday game, it's at Leichhardt. Another bit of the old school there for you. It's the West Tigers versus the Manly Seagulls. Uh, pretty straightforward, I think, for me. I'll go Manly in this one. Uh, Sunday Arbo footy. Bit loose, nice dry track. Always a big fan of Manly in the dry. For some reason, like you, you see kind of an, an increase and a decrease. I thought their attitude was pretty poor the week before against Parramatta, mainly on opposition, then you seem to fire up for a game against the Roosters. But uh, I don't think they'll be taking the, the Tigers lightly, and I wouldn't be taking the Tigers lightly. Well, they've had a long turnaround, Manly, which would be good for them, because that, that was obviously a, another grinding game. So, uh, Whereas the Tigers had to go to New Zealand and come back. Um, the dry track does suit the Tigers, I think. It'll give them a chance, but I'll tip Manly. But mind you, I think... Um, sorry, mate. I think uh, the Tigers have got a really good record against like the Roosters, Manly... Um, those Northern Beaches sides at Leichhardt, so um, something to take note on. Yeah, I didn't think the Tigers played too bad last week. They got they got pumped in the last sort of twenty minutes, but only had one man on the bench, so it wasn't a true indication last week. But um, I think Manly be too strong for him in the end. Mm-hmm. Be quite so. Well, we finish up on Monday night up at 1300 Small Stadium. It's the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Newcastle Knights. And Brock, who do you like? Cowboys with no confidence at all. Um, I think the Knights had a really emotional week last week. Um, a bit of a long turnaround to wait till Monday to play again. Um, I think the Cowboys, they, it's got to must-win stakes for the Cowboys. Uh, I know they're, they're both one and three, but I just think at home, Cowboys should get them. Gossip, what do you reckon, champ? Yeah, the Cowboys, they like to get off to a slow start, don't they? Mm. Um, wow, they're ugly to pick, but... Um, oh, jeez, I'll go the Cowboys... Like you said, with no confidence whatsoever. Only on troops on the on the field. Yeah. Well, Monday night is the night of upsets. Uh, I kind of think that this is one of those things that's kind of happened that doesn't just last for a week. It kind of keeps you burning. Uh, it's something that's just kind of there. Darius Boyd back, I think, helped out big time. 
Mullins not too far away. I think uh, the Newcastle Knights will win this game, so I'm going to go Newcastle. But, uh, having, a, having a look overall, we've got a couple of different. Brock's on the Eels on his own, and we've got the, the Broncos, so there's a point there. Uh, Souths, Brock's on them, we're on the Dragons, so there's a point there. You're on the Titans, Gossip, we're on the Storm, so there's a point to pick up there, and I'm solo on Newcastle on Monday night, and you guys are on the Cowboys. So, uh, a bit of difference. Hopefully if something... Uh, it goes a bit different this weekend. We might have a bit of separation on the ladder for once. It's going to be nice or close this year. Mm. Oh, well, if it keeps going the way things are going, we're going to stay logged in for the whole year if the upsets keep going. Uh, but... Oh, I've picked the Titans this week. I think it's a bit of an upset, so mm. there we go. Great times. But uh, as always, mate, thanks a lot for dishing up all the dirt for us, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Fantastic. Thanks, boys. That finishes up for another podcast here on the 5th and the last it's available on Podomatic still, also on our new feed on Audioboo and iTunes. If you haven't resubscribed yet, you need to unsubscribe from the old feed, type us in again and resubscribe. But if you want to get into contact with us on Twitter, at fifth and last, that's the letter N, not the word and. The email is fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL podcast. Be sure to keep your eyes open for the $100 free bets brought to you by sportingbet.com. Remember, there is no better bet than a sporting bet. And for now, guys, as always, enjoy your rugby league and enjoy your weekend. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.